You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hello. Please let me see your ticket subs for the double-edged double bill. This week, Carrot Top, Mini Maze. week, Adam, Thomas, and Thomas Moriani will come to the table to discuss the randomly selected yin and yang of a double feature. Then, both will have to pick a number between 1 and 10 in order to seal their fates for the next episode. One will have two good movies, the other two bad ones. Let the chaos begin. I am Thomas Moriani, stuck in a maze. Help me, I can't get out. So much cardboard. And I am Adam Thomas, and I I have I have no nothing ready to say. Humor is dead to me now. <laughs> That's true. We might have killed humor this week with the particular topic that we're doing. I'm not going to be jovial anymore. No more funny business. <laughs> this is serious business. So we had to get a really serious guest to join us. And uh, that would be Sarah Sorrentino, who's a co-host of Sequels and the editor-in-chief over at Film Cred. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm Sarah Sirius Sorrentino. <laughs> get it. No, my initials are actually SRS. So when everybody was like, why so serious? I, I, I was, thought that was cool. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I want to I wanna also say that I'm managing editor at Talk Film Society still. I don't know if I do anything there, but I still have that title, so I'm not going to let it go. You have an office there and everything, you just haven't been in 10 months. <laughs> we can't afford an office. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you work with home because of the COVID. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> yeah, that's, yes. why, that's why. We've always worked from home. Right, right. Uh, but uh, you decided to come on here for, despite our um, little bits and pieces at the beginning, uh, our topic for this week, where if you're new, every week we uh, cover two films based on a topic that we randomly select movies for at the end of the previous episode. And uh, we ended up doing stand-up comedian vehicles, which are basically just movies designed to sort of spotlight a stand-up comedian. And uh, you decided to choose this one to come on as a guest. Oh, why this one in particular, Sarah? Because every other theme made no sense for me. <laughs> process of elimination but you're a general fan of stand-up comedians maybe are you yeah i think i used to be <laughs> no i've i've um i've seen a few comedy and comedians in my time um i used to a little bit more so like i actually used to go to shows and stuff but or like stand-up but um it's not the same anymore even despite covid <laughs> it's just not i don't really want to see dudes making like edgy jokes as much as i used to <laughs> i've seen some good ones though i used to see like um what's his name oh doug loves movies oh the, doug, doug benson. benson yeah i've gone and seen doug benson a few times um harman dan harman i've seen him get drunk on stage a few times that was stressful well i think that's the <laughs> things that like stand-up culture has kind of become podcast culture basically at this point because, like, this weird thing of doing the stand-up comedian vehicles, it's like, most stand-up comedians don't usually get this chance anymore of like, oh, hey, after you're successful, you get a sitcom or a movie or whatever. It's like, you can run a podcast and you might get, like, Patreon money out of that. <laughs> That's about the most they can really yeah. do at this point. At the very least, it's good. Like, it's a more stable side gig, especially right now. So, 
I get it. I, but I also don't listen to podcasts that much. And I think I've talked to you about that before. But as a person who has had three podcasts and currently has a podcast, I literally only listen to maybe my own. I'll listen to y'all sometimes and like that. Uh, maybe two other friends podcast and that's it. And not regularly. Regularly is a word that I know how to say. <laughs> so great. So you don't like stand-up. <laughs> you don't like podcasts very much. We're love, I hate we love everything. <laughs> Well, we probably put you in a sour mood with at least one of the movies, I know for sure, that we're going to be talking about here. Um, but before we get into even those, Adam, this was a topic you suggested, so I know you're a pretty big stand-up fan in general, right? I've always loved stand-up comedy. I mean, ever since I was a kid, I, I think the first stand-up special I saw was either Son of a Preacher Man by Sinbad or the wow. old Jim Carrey one where he's in like the multicolor shirt doing all that impressions. And, uh, ever since then, yeah, I, I'm pretty much hooked on it. Like I try to sort of follow, you know, certain comedians around and I'm very fascinated by where they go. Most of the podcasts I do listen to are either by stand-up comedians or about stand-up comedy. Like I listen to Pete Holmes podcast quite a bit, Mark Maron's podcast, Conan O'Brien's podcast, stuff like that. Ron Funch's podcast, which is pretty good because of everything in the world and I, I sort of agree with sarah i don't know if i with what's going on right now i feel like watching a bunch of dudes who have more money than me make edgy jokes i like conan o'brien though i actually do want to listen to conan o'brien's podcast i i have i have a feeling that's probably really good it's really good it's his documentary oh good yeah yeah, yeah. uh <laughs> i recently bought his documentary on it's Blu-ray. really one- good yeah, I, I've seen it before, but it, I saw it probably like a little bit after it came out. And it's one of my favorites because I really like when comedians are depressed. And um, that's good content. That movie is like a, such a weird opening into like, hey, here's me at the worst state I could possibly be. <laughs> where I've lost the most major gig and I'm such an asshole to everybody. <laughs> and I was just such a massive fan of Conan. Like before that time period and when that happened and I just, uh, it was like a crazy time for me too, just seeing him go through all that. So I was like, it's just a great, it's like a nostalgia thing for me almost now. No, that's true. But let's stop talking about a funny redheaded person because we have to get to a not so funny redheaded person in just a (laughs) moment uh, because we'll be talking about for the two movies we picked. uh, First, we'll talk about my bad pick, which was chairman of the board starring Carrot Top. Um, And then we'll be doing uh, Adam's choice of Dave made a maze, which is the good pick for this week. So uh, let's go ahead and start off with chairman of the board. You say it like a radio <laughs> announcer. <laughs> Chairman of the board. <laughs> Carrot Top. Hi, I'm Casey Jason. This is Chairman of the board. <laughs> Edison. Edison has two loves in his life. Good morning. Ah! He's vertical. One love is surfing. Look out for the rocks! The other is inventing. A slurpy cup with a heater on it. What? This way, no brain freezing. The trouble is, no one is by. But he's about to meet someone. You've got a good head on your shoulder. Weird hair, but a good head. <laughs> who's going to change his life by dropping dead. I leave my entire sock holdings to my new friend. $23 million? Oh, that's a lot of snapples! Carrot Top is... Certifiably insane. Chairman of the board. Oh, God. First of all, wait. Before you even start breaking this movie down, because okay, I mean, your sure. spiel, you know, this movie was made and blah, 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 grosses. Fuck you, man. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, 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 the fuck from the very 
depths for, uh, like fuck you you know like right like from oh hell i spit thee like seriously captain ahab the moby dick on your fucking bitch ass Th- this movie fuck you man <laughs> and fuck this movie and and all right go ahead so we're gonna move on to Dave made a mace, um, but but no, uh, yeah. So uh, chairman of the board was one that um, I had seen. I think it's kind of like the, my introduction to stand up comedy was I would watch Comedy Central, especially during like the summers when I was a kid. I didn't have anything to do. I would watch like Comedy Central in the middle of the afternoon, and it would be either stand up comedy specials or it would be these like really like low budget comedies that they could at least get for like a song in terms of like for licensing to like play in the middle of the afternoon, like basic cable. And that's where I think I'd seen chairman of the board prior to this. I chose chairman of the board because one, it kind of represents everything that sucks about the idea of this concept of like, let's take a now popular stand-up comedian and give him a vehicle. And it just is like the worst job you can while doing every single step of like a lot of these bad comedies from the nineties in terms of, like, the playbook of infant child man who is, um, has, like, some stupid job that he wants his dream of, like, oh, hey, I want to be an inventor, but then ends up getting into a huge position that gets him a lot of money suddenly, and there's an evil corporate guy. Like, it has all of the steps, and I think it's, like, the worst example. So, I think either way we were going to get something like this, honestly, for me. Like, these were all the choices were something similar. I just went with the absolute bottom-of-the-barrel worst one. Especially because Carrot Top's our star. And Sarah, were you even aware of who fucking Carrot Top was before this? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm 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 not young. I know who Carrot Top is. I'm 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 in with the kids. I watched VH one. Right, of course. So I'm aware who that is. I actually realized that I knew this movie and I, I realized it while I was talking to you on Discord. Do <laughs> you remember right. me yelling? Oh, I remember lots of yelling. <laughs> lots of angry yelling. I don't think I've like fully seen this movie before. But I vaguely remembered watching TV and there being a movie about a redheaded guy with who was named after Einstein and was an inventor. I remember that. And I when as soon as like I realized that was this movie, I was like, oh, what the heck? I, I was always interested and always wanted to know what movie that was. So it was actually really I was happy. It's the only happiness I felt. Um, but I was happy for that brief moment in time. Right, even though instead he's actually named after Edison, which is appropriate because he's a sham of a person. I'm from Edison, New Jersey, so, like, I, if I see Edison, I get, like, a little bit like, oh, because, you know, New Jersey people, we only have so much to be proud of. Right. Um, so, like, if New Jersey or, like, for me, if Edison's mentioned, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Uh, but then I already remember that he was a dick. That's okay. It's fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so this is a vehicle for Carrot Top. And Carrot Top, I didn't even really realize was a prop comedian until I was doing, quote-unquote, research for this show. Because I just mm-hmm. knew him as kind of like you did, where it's like he would just show up, and he would be either super skinny guy like he is in this movie, or weirdly ripped man, as he would be like a decade <laughs> later. <laughs> like, upsettingly ripped. Like, I, somewhat, I was talking to one of my friends, I think it's accurate. He looks like one of those bad Rob Liefeld drawings. If you know from like the nineties comics were just like super buff people yeah. that are proportionately yeah. unreal. It's just like, this doesn't even look human. I don't know what we're doing. Yeah, But Liefeld doesn't even do faces like that. Like some that, the face is something completely different. True. Very different. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. He looks like either uh, like maybe a Liefeld thing or you're running the mill bargain basement ghoul. It, it's, it's, 
Yeah, uh, I have a lot of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the thing is, this fucking guy, like, I remember when he was really popular, like, when he came out, he was all over the fucking place, dude, this guy, with these stupid trunk full of dumb props, like, hands that clap, and, you know, uh, basically, his whole shtick in this movie, it was his stand-up, like, all the time, nonstop. And I remember hating him as a child when I should have been like, this guy's wackadoo. Look at his crazy hair and he's so nuts. I remember as a kid thinking this guy fucking sucked. As an adult, as a damn near 40-year-old man, I would, I would, I think I've lived a long enough life free. I would murder him, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I could spend the rest of my life in prison. I, it's, well, now that might be pushed. Alleged, 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 alleged satire parody. That'd be pushed, that'd allegedly be pushing it too far. Um, I, uh, Tomorrow's headlines, <laughs> Carrot Top found dead. <laughs> Carrot Top murdered by Batman from Michigan. Um, it's, it's, you know, this is like the pest on speed. And I really don't like the movie that passed with John Leguizamo either. I don't know. This is, oh, it's, it's almost as bad. Yeah. Like he's I've just seen some bad movies. Yeah. It, it, like Raquel Welch and Larry Miller. And I like, oh, <laughs> I keep, the, it, the, the plot synopsis is so thin. Where it's like, he meets this dude. The guy thinks he's rad and he's this old hip guy. And then he leaves him a, a Fortune 500 company. There's your movie. Whoa! 90 yeah, minutes of fun. He was trying to do like Pee Wee Herman meets Billy Madison. Exactly. That's 100% what it is. And Yahoo <laughs> Serious. I don't know if you guys know who Yahoo Serious is. No. No. Yahoo Serious was an Australian guy, a uh, comedian who was in a lot of movies around this time, maybe a little bit earlier, but he was a surfer comedian. Uh-huh. There's this Australian guy who had like blonde dreadlocks all tied up in a knot, or sometimes he'd have a mohawk and stuff. He was real kind of wacky. And this this reminds me of like that mixed with like, you know, early Adam Sandler mixed with Pee Wee Herman. And it's just it is a recipe for disaster. Right, but I think the big difference is like Sarah was mentioning like the Pee Wee comparison, like it works with like a Pee Wee or even like early Steve Martin movies or all these other things because like those people are like cartoon men. Like they don't seem like at all like they have any kind of base realism. Whereas like Caretop is too in the middle where he looks like fucking Ronald McDonald, but he also doesn't have like that sort of like wacky zaniness that we're talking about that like actually works as like an over the top cartoon. He's just like this weird creepy dude who's just going around like trying to be funny. And it feels like so yeah. try hard. Like, I wouldn't argue that this character is very different from, like, early Adam Sandler characters. I just would argue that Carrot Top can't pull off what Adam Sandler could pull off. No, that's. It's... I mean, that's the issue. I mean, it's not even an argument. Like, it's true. Like, he just doesn't have that. As soon as I started watching it and I realized that he wasn't going to be, like, a productive inventor of any sort, he was just going to be you know, fucking shit up for the whole movie. I was out. I hate shenanigans, guys. I hate shenanigans. Oh, that's all this movie has. There, there's no, like, real plot. It's just, it is shenanigans. It I should, know. It drove me crazy. It should be just called Chairman of Shenanigans, <laughs> obsessively. <laughs> and, like, I'm okay with a little bit of shenanigans sometimes. You know, I'm not against shenanigans. But when it's nonstop shenanigans, even with shenanigan-like music constantly being played over the... Do- 
dialogue and everything else, yeah, it becomes a little too much. We could literally find some like copyright free shenanigan sounding music and it would like I would not question for a second if it was in this movie or not. <laughs> for it's, like, sure. it's just like the do 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 like uh yeah. Yeah. Well, well, right, and because it also it's this weird thing where it has sort of like the Pee Wee's Playhouse kind of aesthetics to it, and it looks and it's filmed like a '90s McDonald's commercial. But then it mm-hmm. also has like a lot of this creepy like sleaziness that I'm just like does not work at all. Like anytime Carrot Top even approaches a woman, it's like a horror movie where you're just like, no, oh, so <laughs> run away. It just felt odd that he was into women like that. You know what I mean? Like right. he seemed like such a like they were playing him to be such a like idealist and like. Like Kitty, like a Pee Wee Herman, right. and then he also is like hitting on women, and I'm like, what? Yeah, How? he's also trying to get it. Like, it, I you're, completely you're agree. Like you're you're like ten. <laughs> what are you talking about? This should be it should but, be like SpongeBob. It shouldn't be like you're trying to hit on people. It's really creepy. Yeah, it's kind of like SpongeBob hitting on hitting on Sandy. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Oh, I love your steering wheel with a clown like alarm system. Yeah. Cool. Want to bang? So like hot, it doesn't clearly. make any sense. <laughs> yeah, it's so hot. Oh, I straight laced businesswoman with shoulder pads and sensible heels. That way my feet don't hurt. You're a loose cannon redhead. I think you're a good surfer. Movie kind of <laughs> says you suck, but maybe you're good. Let's do it in the museum. See, but I have to forgive that because again, every other movie of this time period, even the ones that were more like successful did the exact same shit it's the same blonde pretty girl billy madison literally the same character almost for this girl no you're absolutely absolutely right but the thing is the males in those movies the male protagonists had some sort of charm either charm to them no i don't agree with that i don't agree i mean like as a woman I would. I there is no understanding of why Billy Madison got a teacher. Well, no, I mean, like all those movies have that problem, but I would at least say the charm is more just to distract us from being that invested in the romantic relationship, quote unquote. It's always just this weird like thing they have to have a clause in the contract, I guess. Like we need a love interest, and so in this case, it's uh, fucking Courtney Thorne Smith, who, like Adam said, is like this. A big corporate person who's just like, oh, I'm I'm trying to rise up in the company, and I have the hots for Carrot Top. It's it's just like, why why are you with this person who's ostensibly like a weird alien man? Like, remember you... when Winona Ryder was in Mr. Deeds? Oh no, look, we we talked about them. We did Sandler <laughs> as like a topic in general, and that's just like that's such a weird requisite problem. But like, the, he doesn't have anything to distract from that. What he has is like props. Like, look, it's a free, it's a yeah. fucking slushy with a, a heater. You can avoid brain freeze. Like Adam said, that's his whole shtick whenever he does his stand-up. It's just, here's a trunk full of things, I'm going to do this for an hour. Just introduce puns that are related to stupid props I have. And he's trying to do that in a movie, and it's like, no, it doesn't work. Well, even those inventions weren't that interesting. Like, if they were genuinely funny, I would have found, I would have maybe had a better time, like, unveiling all of his his weird inventions. But they weren't funny to me, unfortunately. Like, the bull shirt. (laughs) It was just gross. If we want to take a more, just a realistic look at this movie, I guess, which is saying a lot, but it's that bull shirt thing, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Who the fuck would buy that thing? You can buy it for your employees as punishment. (laughs) Yeah, make them do it. Like, I guess. But what the 
fuck, dude? And it, it, but you're 100 percent right. The 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 thing is, like Thomas said, all of his stand up was this. It was him pulling out these poorly constructed, stupid props, and they were related somehow to a pun. And he would literally pull it out, say the pun, throw the prop. Pull another one out, say the pun, throw the prop. He would spend seconds on each one, and it was like a full half hour to an hour of that. That's exactly what this movie is. Why was comedy so bad in the 90s? Not all comedy. <laughs> well, Why was hashtag not all comedy. And <laughs> Not all comedy. I mean, we had that puppet guy, so you know what? That, that's true. Jeff Dunham is kind of like our generation's version. <laughs> we had Jeff Dunham. That's that's valid. Okay. I, I think here's the thing. Yeah. Like, has prop comedy like ever been funny? No. No, I don't think so. The only time prop comedy's ever been funny, and there's one example I can think of that it really works, is the classic Steve Martin with the arrow in the head. That's the only time I could think of that it's funny, where he's got the arrow in his head, he does almost a whole set, and he's like, God, I got a headache. I mean, I have no problem with, like, a reoccurring gag. Sure. That's fine. Like, Zach Galifianakis with with the piano. True, right. Yeah, right, that's fine. Or, you know, singing comedians, like, you know, who have funny songs and stuff. Like, that doesn't bother me. But when it's literally every 20 to 30 seconds is a new, like, punchline completely unrelated to anything before it or after it it's it's not funny it's it's for i don't know who it's for and for people who i guess who have zero attention span that's the only thing i can think of yeah like the only time i can think it might work is like when magicians do it as like a side thing like penn and teller have done that plenty of times or like other like it's a vegas thing where it's like here's a prop comedy bit but here's also a trick that it leads into yeah there's an absolute point to it or there's a build-up story and, you know, a sort of after effect to it. It's not just quickly shown in the discarded 30 seconds later. Like, it's, I don't know who that works for. I really, really don't. Outside of Carrot Top, what else is wrong with this movie? <laughs> but it's mostly Carrot Top. <laughs> it's mostly everything, but Carrot Top is in our face. Well, yeah, Carrot Top, especially because, like, he's wasting the talents of, like, a lot of great, like, character actors who show up. Like, Larry Miller was mentioned. He's, like, the villain of the movie, and you've seen him in, like, the 10 Things I Hate About You and other shit like that. Mm -hmm. Funny guy, and he's just, like, wasted on, like, the worst kind of bad corporate stereotype. Or, like, M. Emmett Walsh is part of the board. He's a great character actor. Like, that's another thing, this board thing, where it's like, oh, man, Carrot Top is gonna, like, revolutionize the company, and he does. He makes the stock soar with tv dinners where it's like it's a laptop instead of a keyboard it's a dinner yeah that's that's the bit (laughs) (laughs) that's the bit please laugh and they all because he makes them play twister and it cures their sciaticas and stuff like that oh (laughs) so stupid also beetlejuice as the r&d that was the saddest thing that was the saddest one to me (laughs) so sad <laughs> i was so bummed out dude would you guys live in the carrot top house never no 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 yeah I be pure, i'd have an anxiety attack every day yeah like i do it it'd be so much sensory overload much like this movie i mean much like carrot top himself. especially if i found out my roommate was like hey you you wake up to like two arms that come out of the wall and like talk to you sensually Dude, move. Yeah. Like, get out. <laughs> Please take all your yeah, shit and leave. Get out. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, I'm not kink shaming for the robot arms, okay? That's the least of the offensive things that happen here. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I think that's fine. Compiled with everything else, then it would become a problem. If that's all it was, I'd be like, no, oh, this guy's got a little kink. 
But when it's everything in the house... But, but when your kink, like, bleeds out into the living room and shit, it's just like, dude, <laughs> come to I yeah, do like... have one argument that I want to make for this movie. Okay. Oh, Go ahead. Okay. I think it's feminist. Please explain. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, we've got the character that's written just to be the love interest, you know? But she does get the company in the end and is identified as being the most experienced. So she wins in this situation. And then the other female, who I have no idea whose people's names are, so don't even ask me. But the, the villain that she's supposed to be, who is that? The uh, actress? Raquel Welsh, I believe, is who yep. you're referring to, yes. Oh, yeah, she did a great job. And even she, in the end, gets what she wants and gets out of the situation perfectly happy. Very feminist. That's true. There is a slight progressive bent there in that Carrot Top realizes, like, I'm an incompetent buffoon. Here. <laughs> this movie is progressive. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's what I have to say about that. Thank you for listening. Um, yeah, I mean, I can give it that, at the very least, you know. That, that was at least kind of like a brief respite at the end after everything that was going on, the sensory overload of this movie that was going on. I do want to apologize just for actually having you guys watch it necessarily, but I think you all both can agree this is like the worst case scenario for giving a stand-up comedian yeah. a movie, right? Yeah, it should never happen again. Yes. <laughs> right, and especially because, like I said, it follows all of the, like the every single plot beat of any of these movies down to just like at the very end, him having to storm into the corporate office meeting and prove his thing with the whole like glow thing where like the guy thinks he has says he has radiation on tv and has glow and he has to explain at the end carrot top like he wouldn't glow like this it's like yeah anyone would realize that i don't get it who are these fucking idiots um but then i want to pose a question what do you think is the best example of someone using sort of their stage persona and turning into um like a filmed version what would you say would probably be the best example of that that you can think of Pee-wee. Yeah, I was about to say literally Pee-wee in terms of especially this kind of grounding. I mean, it. Adam Sandler I, definitely did that. Well, you know, and the thing is, whether you like him or not, which I, I'm not really a fan, but like even Home Improvement with Tim Allen. Yeah. That was literally his shtick. And I mean, that fucker ran for, I don't know, 38 years or something like that. I mean, they, you know, it, it, it can work. It has worked. It doesn't work very often. But like you said, Thomas, and I, th I think you sort of hit the nail on the head. This was at the time, early to mid-90s, man, where if you were at all successful as a comedian, you got a show or a movie built around you. Constantly, constantly, constantly. They were literally like, I've seen bits where they're, you know, comedians are talking about how they were just handing pilots out at the airport, you know, to anybody who was a comedian. Can we blame and SNL for that? Or were they late to that? Um, I think they're a part of the problem, <laughs> especially yeah. at this time. I like, post-Wayne's World in particular, they did that a lot with their stars, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's true. Yeah, but I, I think you can almost blame SNL for it in a fact is that everybody tried to sort of do Wayne's World after it. Everyone tried to make these movies with their these com comedians and their sort of onstage performance and their bits and lean into it really hard and try to build a whole hour-and-a-half to two-hour narrative around one sort of shtick and it just it's no bueno man it, it, it doesn't work we could have watched clifford 
<laughs> Clifford, I, yeah. Well, it's a weird thing where because I was trying to determine like who is a stand-up, who's not, and I was a bit like with Martin Short, even though Clifford is a much more fascinatingly terrible movie. I, I, yeah, Clifford's, I wouldn't even consider it that bad. I actually like Clifford. Clifford's weird in ways that it's like, really few weird, other movies but I, are. I liked it. Yeah, <laughs> the, the weird third act of that movie where they go to the dinosaur park is one of the most surreal things I've seen in like a major studio comedy. <laughs> So... It was. It's probably one of my favorite parts of that movie, though. It's just like, okay, we're just gonna throw a bunch of money at a at a dinosaur park. I'm like, man, I love that. Like ninety percent of the budget is going to the third act of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I cannot believe that, that chairman of the board has. Well, a that it was chosen. I mean, I do accept your apology conditionally. Uh, we'll see what's chosen next time you get the bad picks. I don't. <laughs> Sarah does not. No. Um, but yes, as to what you were saying, this is probably the most obvious uh, choice and the probably the best sort of example of when this idea goes wrong, I, as far as especially for a mainstream release. Because um, I remember this having, you know, one page ads in the back of comic books and seeing the wow. commercials constantly. And it did play on Comedy Central all the time. So, yes, I would say this is probably the best example of when this idea can go horribly, horribly wrong. Yep, and make only $180,000 total on a $7 million budget. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like Or McDonald called it box office poison oh but yeah i would recommend fully anybody watch the conan o'brien clip where the female lead is promoting the movie next to norm mcdonald and he just keeps interrupting and talking about how disastrous this is as an idea of giving carrot top a movie mm-hmm. he just interrupts the interview and doesn't give a shit oh dude even to the point at the end where she finally says the title she's like it's called chairman of the board and conan o'brien's like oh, okay yeah do something with that psycho and Norbert Donald's like, I bet the board is spelled B-O-R-E-D. He just doesn't stop. And he's right. Sarah, I don't know if you have any final thoughts to add. Well, I'm looking at who the director is, and this yes. is not the first time I've watched this director's I, work. <laughs> I did want to bring this up because you host sequels, obviously. And this is uh, from Alex Zam, the auteur who gave us Inspector Gadget 2, Jingle All the Way 2. Beverly Hills That's Chihuahua too. You're right. Yeah, how, do you think he progressed that much from his theatrical work? <laughs> I honestly do. If if I'm comparing this to Jingle All the Way too, I honestly like Jingle All the Way too way better than this. And I didn't hate that movie, despite it being Larry the fucking Cable Guy. It wasn't that bad. Um, it could have. I mean, it wasn't great, but it, no, it's a hundred percent better than this. I'll tell you that much. Uh, surprise! I haven't seen the other ones yet, though. Uh, t- I definitely need to see like Tooth Fairy too. I don't know that you do. I think I have to. I think think eventually you will. It's not a matter of I should, it's when (laughs) you will see it. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But uh, yeah, I don't think I have much else to add. Except to say this is one of the worst we've done for the show, if not the worst. Uh, It's it's definitely in in top three material. Uh, if not the worst, it's definitely in contention for the top spot. It's not the worst thing that I've watched for a podcast. It's I mean, close, but it's not there. It's not for me either, uh, but it's the worst thing I've I, I might have watched for this particular podcast. Mm-hmm. Especially in at least a, a while <laughs> for this particular <laughs> podcast. 
Um, but uh, we'll go ahead and go into our next movie in just a moment. But first, here is a promo for an ESO show you can queue up right after ours. I'm Brittany Trino. I'm Martha Bartlett. And this is But First, Let's Talk Nerdy. Clink. Oh, I love that. That's going to be our promo. <laughs> Done. Cut it, Kevin. Send it. Bam. But first, let's talk nerdy. It's two nerd girls talking about nerdy things over a couple of drinks. What could go wrong? Part of the ESO Network. And now let's get into Dave Made a Maze. Hey, what the- Hey, baby! Welcome home! What is this? I built a labyrinth. Have you been working on this all weekend? Uh, I'm lost. It's cardboard. I know, but it's much bigger on the inside. I'm going into the maze. No! I don't want you to get lost! Okay, just ignore me. Do what you're doing. Put some music over this. It'll be a montage. It'll be awesome. Get out of here! Dave! Follow me. Okay, I can explain it. I can explain everything. No, I can't. So, uh, Dave Made a Maze came out in 2017 and uh, was directed by Bill Waterston. Not that one. The Calvin and Hobbes guy. Completely different guy. <laughs> Some random person who hasn't made a movie before or since this. And Adam, you chose this even though you hadn't really like seen this movie before, right? Correct, correct. I uh, I chose it on a strength of, strength of the trailer, um, <laughs> and also I'm I wouldn't say a huge fan, but I am a fan of uh, Nick Thune's stand. Right, who's our standup who plays the titular Dave. Um, which if you're unfamiliar with this movie, like a lot of people probably are, basically Dave is a guy who lives with his girlfriend, but he's kind of like a do nothing thirty something loser. But he who never finishes anything. But his girlfriend arrives back from like a business trip or something one day and finds out he's made a maze in the middle of the living room of the apartment, and it looks like a little cardboard maze that he keeps insisting he can't tear down that he's lost in the middle of, and he won't come out. So then eventually, the girlfriend and all, some of his friends end up going inside the maze to find him, and it turns out it's like a TARDIS thing where inside it's much bigger, and has this like elaborate cardboard setup, and it's also a labyrinth that has things that have magically come to life. Uh, so, yeah, did you end up liking it, Adam, then? I, I do but i didn't like it as much as i'd hoped to um I, I i really really do like the look of the labyrinth and the production design and sort of the way the cardboard is done and i do like some of the little bits like when they turn into little paper bag puppets and they just get chucked down that tube things like that there was a lot of there's a lot of good to it i just i honestly honestly think and i think i told you this i think this might have worked better as sort of an extended short like a 30 to 45 minute short film, I think this would have been really tight because it sort of feels like it meanders in bits to me. And every character has the same sort of inflection to their voice. And after a while, I'm like, okay, like nothing is exciting. <laughs> like it's just, I got sort of bogged down by it. I completely agree. I honestly thought it was inspired by a short at first because that would have made sense to me. Um, it felt like an ex- like they went a little bit farther than they needed to trying to come up with some plot to this. And it, it just went all over the place because of that. Can I tell my story, Thomas? About... Oh, right. Yes, you have a history, briefly. Yes. I have a history with this movie. I've never seen this movie before. However, I worked at a film festival that showed this movie when it came out. And they actually built a entire like labyrinth 
out of cardboard. So people had to walk through it as they were going to the theater to see the premiere. I shared a video with Thomas about it, uh, but I was there guarding the maze before people could walk in and actually do it because they were still building it up until the very last minute. It was cool. Some random muscular guy with like a Minotaur helmet hung out and he was like paid to do that for that night. (laughs) It was kind of nice. But I didn't get to see the movie, so I'm happy to actually have finally watched right, it. Right, yeah, and it, it looked not too different from this movie, given in terms of, like, this is a very low-budget movie. But I'd argue, at least, I think they made the most as they could with, like, the meager budget they had, and literally getting a lot of these, like, cardboard stuff from, like, the local recycling bin at, like, the American Apparel. And I think that gives it more staying power than it probably could have had. I honestly, I think the movie's at its slowest when it's like before they get in the maze. There's like a solid 20 minutes of this 80 minute movie where it's just like everybody's outside the maze and it's clearly just like we're waiting to build up to get inside the maze and shit. But I think once we get inside the labyrinth, I think it's pretty consistently fun after that point, I would argue. Yeah, I'd say it's fun for sure. I just, I have a hard time with a lot of these like indie comedies because I feel like they, they fall into the same trope, especially when it's like a comedian, a male comedian as the starring role. Of, like, it's always the depressed 30-year-old guy yeah. who's, like, just taking everyone down with him. Every single time. <laughs> it's starting to drive me crazy, Thomas. <laughs> I'm starting to lose it. Because well, of you know, especially because this is, like, even post, like, Apatow and stuff like that, where that became even more of, like, a major hit thing. I like some of the early ones from Apatow, too, mm-hmm. where, like, I don't mind a depressed main character. But it's just when you have to watch the girlfriend struggle, and she's so sad-looking this whole movie. Yes. I'm like, it's just, it's just pain. It's pain. <laughs> where At least this had an interesting concept, and that kind of made it better. Right. I think it's, it's a problem. Like, the movie definitely is very thin on character and doesn't give much of these actors much to do, really. With what whatever's going on. Even, like, Dave is barely in the movie until about, like, halfway through. And even then, Nick Thune just is kind of like... It's like you mentioned. She's like, I'm a depressed 30-year-old man who hasn't accomplished anything. So, therefore, I made a maze and I technically killed people. <laughs> like, people die in this movie <laughs> because of his stupid maze. And people just kind of and brush we, it off. We never get a clear understanding of, like, why... You know what I mean? He just keeps saying vague stuff and you think that he's going to stop being vague at some point, but he keeps being vague. He just says, I made a decision or I changed my mind to not be depressed, I guess. And then <laughs> and then he just tears it all down. But that's it's it didn't really resolve much. He still treated people like shit and got people killed. <laughs> right. It's it's a, it's a true yeah. uh, white male <laughs> like lack of any kind of responsibility kind of character and yeah it's yeah. like honestly of like all the other characters are so dr- thinly drawn the only one i really liked was uh james urbaniak who people might recognize as the voice of dr venture as the asshole documentarian guy i thought was like the most consistently funny thing about the movie to me because i didn't know that was him but that makes a lot more sense yeah his voice <laughs> is basically just dr venture <laughs> yeah yeah him. um but do you agree with all those issues i'm guessing adam Oh, yeah, 100%, 100%. And I just want to, you know, another thing I mentioned to you, Thomas, his main friend, Gordon. Dude, look, it was really kind of disturbing for me because I came to the conclusion, like, if Tom Green and Andy Dick somehow conceived a child, hmm. that it would be that guy. And then I started thinking of the logistics of it, and it just kind of, yeah. like, grossed me out. Uh, just because 
who's I feel like gonna you did be... that to yourself, Adam. You That's know? true. That was, that was oh, more no, of your own thought did. experiment. Yeah, I totally did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, it definitely was. It definitely was. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm not, not trying to shame you. You have any thoughts about, you know, random dudes hooking up as much as you want, but... <laughs> no, no, no. It's, no, no, no. It's not even that. I, I got no problem with that. It, it's just the idea of, like, where would it be birthed? Would it be a natural birth? If it is, like... Is yeah, it just... Like it, it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. It, 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 yeah, I sometimes edit it out, but this is unfiltered Adam Thomas for sure. Um, I, I guess I don't know. Yeah, but I'm not saying. Wait, hold on, though. Hold on. There. I really want to steer away from this conversation. I'm not... No, 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 wait. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is the, the basic point of it. I couldn't look at him and not see either Tom Green or Andy Dick wearing a Tom Green costume. Like yeah. I don't know what it was. It's just. <laughs> yeah, he's great. You should watch that Schwarzenegger movie where he gets We pregnant. did for the show a while ago. Help <laughs> show. Oh, is that why he's doing this now? <laughs> that might have done it, too. Possibly. Yeah, possibly. That might be why you keep thinking about I, male birth. Yeah, but when he came in, when the character came in, I thought he was pretty funny. I thought they had a really funny back and forth. Like, where's the beard? It's all my face. Like, and they kept doing that. Like, that was pretty funny. And then he also just became a very one note sort of he's just their character he knows there, about labyrinths that's why he's there he knows about labyrinths and there was some cool scenes like i did kind of like the scene where it was um dave and his girlfriend and where it was the same dialogue but told like four to five different ways with costume changes and stuff i thought that was kind of cool but then i'm like this literally led to nothing no yeah like there was no big revelation at the end where either he realized like shit i've been wasting my life and hers or vice versa with her, I've been wasting my life with him, or nothing. There was nothing to it. It's just it happened, and then bleh, we're back in the labyrinth. Like, they should have the broken f- up. That they one thousand percent should have. Yeah, 1, I think the issue is like dudes are like, especially like these comedies. They don't want to write movies where you don't they don't get the girl at the end. I guess. Yes, that's very true. And so because of that, you know, they like this character has to stay with a dude who's been depressed and like you know, caused her like a lot of pain and had people around her killed. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's just not I think healthy. honestly, like my big problem with it is I wish it leaned less into that relationship stuff that it doesn't really have any interest in doing and more into the weird, like horror comedy it's kind of going for in certain scenes where I think it hits its stride. Like the bit, there's a like they yeah. have a lot of these characters introduced just so they can kind of kill them, but they kill them in these like elaborate ways. Like one lady gets beheaded, but the whole thing is like she's bleeding out like confetti, which is like a really yeah. cool looking bit, yeah, yeah. right? I would say that's the most interesting parts is the horror comedy, and I don't like horror comedy all the right. time. And I was I, I was when I realized it was gonna be like that when he said about those people dying, it might not have been my fault. I was like, oh no. They tricked me into watching people die. Thanks, Thomas. And then <laughs> I realized it was going to be kind of silly because of the effects, which I liked. So I was I was happy with those parts of the movies. I just I get aggravated by seeing the girlfriend characters all the time. No, right. Well, you know, it is a common characteristic with these stand-up comedians where they're all depressed and everything, and they're in the 30s, they haven't accomplished anything, but yet somehow they still get the girl who's like really way above their league, like shouldn't be with them. Cause just paying all the rent. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> you know, the thing is too, 
it's it's kind of a common thing that if you a common thread if you listen to sort of stand up podcasts or even read articles and stuff that's kind of they're man boy alpha males a lot of them who they they're all depressed they all have really sensitive egos but they all want to be the coolest guy in the room and it's just hard it, when they're all the same type of person writing the same type of movies absolutely absolutely and i couldn't agree with you more earlier uh, with what you said, where it's like these indie comedies with these stand-up comedian vehicles, they are all sort of the same formula. The reason yeah. this one gets higher, sort of higher marks for me, is because of the aesthetics, of, because of the labyrinth and the way it looks and everything. But other than that, if you strip that all away, it would seriously be just the same shit you've seen a hundred times. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these like stand-up movies do just kind of get caught up in the personas as well, but in this case, like with Nick Foon, who I hadn't known before, honestly, this movie, and I watched like a stand-up special he did, and it's like, this is alright, this is decently funny. Just watching this, like, one, Dave is barely, like, despite being the title character, at all involved really, until he pops up, like, midway through. And even then, it's just like, oh, hey, it's, it's all this generic stuff that Sarah was talking about, about how it's like, I want to finish it, because I never finished anything. It's like, yeah... Yeah, we never understand why. Yeah, but I thought I was thinking that the plot was going to say, okay, he does finish it and that solves it. But then they don't do that no. at all. You know what I mean? It seemed like there was a reason why he kept saying that and there wasn't. Well, I, <laughs> Except for his it, own like personal feelings about it, you know? Well, yeah, I, at the scene where he does his little like temper tantrum breakdown, he's like, you know, it's because I've never had anything like worth working on or keeping in my life or whatever and blah, blah, blah. right then and there i thought they were going to go with the girlfriend like her being like fuck you man and like you know all this and have this sort of big blowout and they just sort of chickened out on it yeah it, there's a lot of chickening out on like yeah. bigger themes that they could have tackled one of these bigger themes and there could have been something they could have gave more backstory to why she is so tired and over it when she first realizes the situation, you know what I mean? They get, get, they didn't give any backstory. She has, she has no career that they mentioned. She, like, she just comes in. Yeah. They don't build anything up. No, it, it's, it feels really, it feels really empty. And it's sad. Cause like, I know y'all picked this as the good one. <laughs> yeah, well, I, and Adam picked it completely blind. Like he was not really like, yeah. hadn't yeah. even seen the movie, but like, I'll say at least there's, like I mentioned, like with some of the more fantastical stuff, like I think particularly my favorite sequence of that is probably when um, the one woman, I think the one who got beheaded ends up becoming like a weird paper mache person. And actually it's not the beheaded one. It's the one who um, gets taken out. uh, Oh, right. The the, the hipster, the hipster's girlfriend. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, But that whole sequence I really loved because it's the best balance, like sort of this weird comedic horror stuff where she keeps trying to give high fives because that's like the one sensory thing she can kind of attach to. And she's being interviewed by James Urbaniak and he keeps trying to do like, can you just use complete sentences? (laughs) I need all of this for the documentary. (laughs) And so like, I think. Okay. Yeah. We will definitely high five after. (laughs) So. (laughs) I think everything with him and his, his like crew was good. Right. Like, if they weren't there, I would have been a little bit more bummed out by this movie. What was with the vagina? Yeah, I'm not sure. (laughs) I think it was just the visual of the vagina that was interesting to them. What was with the cardboard (laughs) throbbing visual vagina? (laughs) I don't get it. I took it like it was his psyche inside there. Like, that's a part of his, like, sort of the sexual part of his psyche. He said he built it for his I know, it doesn't mean... 
fucking sense. I thought the sexual psyche thing was when they were in, like, the dance room, and then all these girls who were obviously Annie, I think. I felt like that was Annie dancing behind there. Right, yeah, the girlfriend character, yeah. Yeah, like, it was supposed to be a room for her that got, like, perverted, in a way. Yeah, that could be, but... But then there was a vagina. Yeah, who knows, right? (laughs) It's like, and I'm okay, you know, with not having everything explained for me. Like, that's totally fine. But... I just don't think they had the tools to be that, like, out there. Because they, they didn't provide us with anything. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like it, it's, it's more that they had the gimmick and the aesthetic and that i think goes a decent amount but yeah i agree it doesn't make it much more than like an interesting kind of like oh this is an interesting experiment but is there much to it and it's like no not really not a lot of i'll like, tell you the it. film festivals maze didn't have a vagina as far as i remember based on the video no i did not see a vagina but yeah <laughs> from my memory there was no vagina hidden symbolism maybe who knows <laughs> But I guess let's go ahead and go into final thoughts then on uh, Dave Made and Made. Sarah, why don't you start with it, your final thoughts on it? I'm really happy I finally watched it. I wouldn't have if y'all didn't recommend or put this on for this one, so I appreciate it. It just brought up too many like feelings I have about these type of comedies. Uh, so it's it, it triggered a tweet thread, and I apologize for that. <laughs> um, but uh, ha- I'm still happy I've watched it, but it's uh, Nick Thune... As the the main guy, I mean, I didn't I didn't feel anything from him as far as like a charismatic character or like as a comedian either. So I don't think it was necessarily a great vehicle for him at all. However, there, I've never seen a movie like this with a giant cardboard maze labyrinth, so that was neat. <laughs> well, my <said>. feeling spot. <laughs> uh, but what about you, Adam? Your final thoughts on Dave Made a Maze? Uh, you know, I'll pretty much stick with what I said earlier. I think if this was a short, like a half hour to 40 minute short, I think it, you could have something really sort of cool and compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely feels like they took that formula and then doubled it and sort of stretched it out. And I agree, Nick Thune is not charismatic enough to carry a movie, even though he is only in, you know, two thirds of it. It's it, He's really sort of dry and wooden in his delivery, but I guess everybody else is in it too. But is that because they're all playing to his strengths or that's the way they were instructed to be? I, I really don't know. Uh, but I came away not really giving a shit about any of the characters. But I do really enjoy the look of it, like the aesthetics of it and stuff. I, I do think it's really cool and sort of fascinating to look at. If anything, there's a lot of good visual moments to it. I, I liked it overall decently enough, I think, just with the complete lack of expectation really of just like Adam recommend this weird movie that I vaguely remember was a thing. And yeah, it has some like the inspiration of like a Pee Wee's place. It's weird how this kind of thematically matches chairman of the board in terms of aesthetics, I guess like in terms of the visuals and also the, the same kind of protagonist in a lot of ways. Um, but I mean, I, I, I will say that I think the, that visual stuff and also some of the su- smaller side characters like or James or and his crew, um, I think made it at least watchable to me. But it's also ultimately much more forgettable than you would figure from a movie where I describe of, hey, a guy makes a maze and it's giant and magical and people get murdered with confetti. What happened to the homeless guy? I don't know, but I also like that bit when everybody leaves. He's just like, I'll stay here. And then he just eats out of the fucking refrigerator. I almost but wish he just like, disappears. Yeah, they, they don't really go back. They only go back to him like a couple times, really. Um, it's, it is weird. They don't really 
do much with it's, it's another thing where it's like just like there's too many characters as well like if we had a much smaller unit of people than the ones they introduced just to kind of like kill them off at a certain point i think it would be a better movie as well if, if anything just kind of have if you're gonna have people killed off have just like a smaller group do that in this sort of weird horror comedy aesthetic as opposed to this which feels a lot more ungangly and a lot more kind of like a um first feature especially like this this definitely feels like somebody who's just like oh man i have a basic idea and that idea is just kind of thin, like cardboard. Get oh. it? Get it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's works. Great job. <laughs> Thank you. Well, on that note, um, we are heading to the end of the show. But first, uh, we want to share some feedback from people out there who uh, contribute over at uh, at DEDBpod on Twitter and Facebook for like, hey, what are your favorite, least favorite things related to whatever topic we're doing? And uh, we asked you all about stand-up vehicles. So we had some people like James Rodriguez said, uh, best in terms of stand-up vehicles, Coming to America, The Wedding Singer, Obvious Child, and Trainwreck. Uh, worst, The Animal, Get Hard, and Ride Along. Uh, Christian mm-hmm. Alvarez says, <laughs> comedians can be a great addition to a movie or misused because their talents aren't properly used. Um, some favorites are Training Places, Stir Crazy, Good Morning Vietnam, and Ratatouille. Worst examples, Norbit, RV, and Down to Earth. Um, Elwood Tiberius at Elwood underscore Tiberius says, uh, worst good luck, Chuck, just contributing that. And, uh, Ryan Quarterman said Joker 2019. What a, what a scamp, Ryan, you troll. Uh, for the show. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I think those all are pretty valid, especially Obvious Child is one I don't think gets enough credit, kind of got lost in the shuffle, because I, I love Jenny Slate in general, and I thought that was a really yeah. fun little, like, dr- drama comedy that's, it's a meet cute about abortion. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I remember watching it. I watched it way after it came out, but I liked it. Yeah, I didn't see it until, honestly, fairly recently. And that's one where, like, that was made by A24. And I wish A24 would kind of do more comedic vehicles like that. Like, smaller mm-hmm. ones that are kind of based around a uh, comedian, especially. Because they've done horror and they've done so much other stuff well. I think they could springboard that to do some of this, uh, something with, for other comedians. Um, but uh, what, what about some of these, Sarah, or are there any others that you would probably spotlight as good or bad? We should have watched Norbit. Well, we we'll might oh. put a pin in that because we might be covering Eddie Murphy sooner to a certain movie coming out on Amazon, <laughs> which is <laughs> I kind of avoided Eddie Murphy necessarily. I think there's a lot more lesser known SNL films mm-hmm. that we could that could be listed here. Not that I know all of them, but like there's a lot. Superstar. Oh yeah, right. it's Pat. Mm-hmm. That was a movie that existed. Yeah, Stuart Small, he saves his family. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah. Um, Or even, like, the Good Luck Chuck was one I briefly contemplated, but chose against one because Dane Cook is just gross in general. I and don't think I would have come on the podcast if Good Luck That was another not. reason, yeah, because you wanted that, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm not I'm not going to have Sarah subjected to that. And said, carrots out. Like, I'm not gonna do it. Not today. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, he's another guy where like he was just like in a shit ton of movies in like the mid 2000s, just because like he was extremely popular. Which I was a teenage boy around that time. Like I get it because he streamed a lot and he said dirty jokes, and therefore all my friends were like, "Oh my god, he's the funniest person of all time." I was a teenager li- that liked comedy, and and I did not feel very strongly for him at all i think i remember like someone watching it in the background while i was playing pokemon and now that is somehow entwined in my memory but like otherwise i really liked the comedians of comedy tour when i was like a late teenager did you guys ever see that that's the one with oswald and brian posehn and all them right 
Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, what's her name? Mary uh, Maria Bamford. Yes. Yes. One of my favorites. So that was the type of comedy I was watching as a teenager. <laughs> right, I mean, that makes sense because I, I remember loving Oswald as well. But Oswald, I like, someone mentioned like Ratatouille. And that's the thing is that Oswald has never had like a full-on vehicle for himself. But he's perfectly implemented himself in the right roles in like a bunch of different comedy things. What about... um? Number one fan, or what oh, is that? big fan. That's true. Yeah, that was yeah. Th- that's more of like a dramatic thing. That he and that's kind of like a black comedy, right? Th- yeah, to a certain extent. I've never it's, watched it actually. It, it's not too dissimilar from Joker, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we found it. You're welcome, Ryan. <laughs> uh, but what about Adam? Are there any others you would want to spotlight or mention? I mean, you got to figure there are comedians out there who are, who are doing pretty good work in movies and TV shows like Bill Burr, you know, showing up in sort of King of Staten Island and even the Mandalorian and stuff like that. He's doing a lot of good sort of uh, he, he's doing, you know, I'm surprised at his acting. Let's put it that way. Yeah, uh, he's actually I think, really good, actually. Right. I will say he's the best part of King of Staten Island, the Pete Davidson movie. Which... Oh, I'm sorry. Action Bronson isn't. Action Bronson's well, not true. the best part. Action Bronson's pretty great. I'm not going to lie about the truth. Let's put it this way. There's a lot of great stuff in that movie. It's just not really Pete Davidson, once again. It's right. not one of those <laughs> where it's just like, it's all centered around, once again, another man-child asshole who treats his mom and everyone else like shit. And then Bill Burr comes in and is just like, hey, I'm like a fireman who wants to treat your mom right, so I'm the villain, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I'm the villain. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, I really like a lot of stuff he's doing. Um, I like a lot of stuff Nick Kroll's been doing, you know, Mulaney, things like that. There, there is sort of that comedy that's out there now, where it's almost like the, I don't want to call it hyper intelligent, but it's, it's really intelligent and also self-aware at the same time. Like, uh, you know, if you watch like, Oh, hello, the Broadway special yeah, on love, Netflix love, oh, <laughs> kills me every time I see it, it makes me laugh. Um, and then even John Mulaney did that sack, uh, the sack lunch bunch. Yes. Super cute, super funny, a lot of cool stuff in it. I think that's the thing is like more, more vehicles now need to be kind of stuff like that. The Netflix is willing to just like, Hey, here's a weird thing. That's not even quite a movie. It's just a really weird yeah, like, TV special that works. Cause I not think... every one of these comedians is going to be an actor when it comes down to it. Right. But that doesn't make them bad comedians. Yeah. I, I, I would totally agree. That's the strength of Mulaney. It's like, I don't, I could never see him act as like a normal person. No. <laughs> like I, I can't see one of these rom-com things. Just like, I'm just a single man trying to live in New York I, city. <laughs> I agree. You want me to do what? Like it just, yeah, it wouldn't work. Uh, but in those specials and like, Oh, hello and stuff, it's a perfect vehicle to show that these guys, um, are able to sort of turn stand-up comedy on its head a little bit and, and produce other things outside of it instead of just starring roles in movies or TV shows. I mean, let's be honest, Mulaney had his TV show and it was horrible. Right. And, but you see do his the things that I mentioned and it's it's really fun and refreshing. I think that's sort of sort of maybe the model to build off of as far as going forward with a lot of these guys. Not they all don't need to be in movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even, like, especially changing what the stand-up special can even be. Like, I would say somebody who, he's done a couple things for Netflix, but I would love to see him even get something like a sack lunch punch or just something kind of interesting for him to be a vehicle on with Netflix is, like, Hassan Minaj. Like, I just saw the one, the Homecoming King, that he did for Netflix, that special. 
And I loved it. I'm just like, oh my god. And it's so weird because it's got, like, the background sort of, like, display stuff. It feels almost like a weird blend of stand-up and TED Talk. But it's really intimate and personal. And it's like, this dude is a star. Honestly, I would love to see him get some kind of vehicle. Especially I've actually seen him in person. I just remembered. He he came to Florida State. Oh, right, right. He did, yeah. When we were both Yeah, you didn't go. No, I didn't, no. (laughs) (laughs) I just realized that, yeah, I got to see him. Uh, yeah, he was really good. I mean, he just did a, a normal stand-up special. I mean, a stand-up uh, performance, but it was good. But who, who's like another person who would want to see kind of get that chance who maybe hasn't yet? I'm really out of the loop with comedians these days. Mm-hmm. I'm 100%. Like, I used to be a really big fan of Hannibal Burris, and now I'm not as much. <laughs> I mean, Maria Bamford should have had that, but she had a, she did have her own TV show that was really, really good. Yeah, Lady Dynamite. Um, Actually, before Lady Dynamite. So I don't know if I've actually watched all of Lady Dynamite, and I really lo- but I did like what I saw. She had a um like a a video, like a YouTube kind of series oh, before okay. that. That's very similar to that. Uh, but I would love to see her. I would have loved to see her more stuff. It might be too late now because she's not really that big. Um, she's not as big as she was during Lady Dynamite, you know? Right. And, and plus, like, there's yeah. just there as many unfortunate, like, I think the last person, like, really had that such, like, a massive hit off, especially with even movies and stuff, is, like, a Tiffany Haddish. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, I think she yes. also just, like, she yep. got so overexposed where after Girls Trip, it's just like, oh, my God, let's put you in every major comedy. <laughs> Everyone. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're going to be in all of these. And it burned her out. Right. And it burned her out. Yeah. Her, yeah. her actual stand-up because of it, you know. Um you know, I, I, who I honestly would like to see get a, sort of a chance at maybe even like a variety type thing is like a Jay Farrow. I think could do something really cool. Or even, um, you know, what's his name? Colin Jost from SNL. I think he's really funny. He reminds me more like the Mulaney type guys. I hate but, him. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I loathe him and Shay. On, that, that's the worst part of SNL right now is their weekend updates. I fucking sorry, hate the, both of them. Oh, that's I'm sorry. We just went on no, 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 that's so totally much. fine. You guys are entitled to your opinions as wrong as they may be. He's um, married but... to Scarlett Johansson. He's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honey, you can play a tree. You can do it. <laughs> but but does, I'd like to see more of this sort of writer comedians maybe start yeah. taking more of the spotlight. Yeah. I think there's some younger people in SNL right now that if they had a movie that came out, uh, it could do well and it would be cool. I think, I think like a like even like an indie sort of with like Melissa Villasenor. I think yes. it's something really cool and quirky and fun. Completely, she's um, like I the underrated she, MVP of that show right now. Absolutely, and has been for the last couple of years. Yeah, it's just, she doesn't have really any major characters that she does but yeah she gotta make room. we gotta oh make yeah her yeah she's great yeah we gotta make room for jost and also kate mckinnon to have five characters and also stuff as opposed to like her or bowen yang i also think is really funny and just hasn't gotten much she's funny. to do on snl um or even jay farrow was an infamous example of that he's even said as much but like i saw him on youtube and stuff right before he went on snl I'm like oh my god this guy's gonna be like the next big star and he's just like you'll play obama like that's it occasionally jay-z and those guys but that's about it yeah yeah i agree um but thank you all for the feedback 
And we also want to thank some other people, like Chris Oliver for the intro and outro music used in our show. Listen to more of his music at chrisoliver.bandcamp.com. And thanks to Emily Scarda for the art she provided for our show. And thanks, of course, to our Patreon supporters, patreon.com slash gedbpod, where for just $1 a month, you all get to uh, access to our bonus episodes and also vote in polls for, like, topics we do. Around this time this episode's coming out, you'll have the opportunity to vote for our upcoming Valentine's Day week episode where we've done romantic comedies, we've done just straight-up romances, so we decide, let's do weird versions of this, where you guys get to choose if we either do paranormal romance or bromance. I'm voting bromance. <laughs> well, that, that because okay. you can, as a loyal patron, Sarah. Thank you very much for your patron. I'm a loyal patron. Be like me. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Both very odd choices. We wanted to go with something a bit weirder. For this, and are you pulling for any Adam? Uh, yeah, honestly, I'm, ex- uh, I'm kind of expecting and, and maybe pulling a little bit more for bromance. Yeah, you could do "I Love You, Man." Right. Yeah. That's like the, the primo Such example. example. <laughs> yeah, the best example. <laughs> uh, but yeah, for just one dollar a month, that's all you have to do to pay and uh, be a patron, like Sarah here. Sarah, thank you mm-hmm. so much for being on the show. Why don't you just plug yourself a bit? Where can the people find you? On the interwebs? Just just Twitter. Don't go anywhere else. Just follow me on Twitter. I'm at Sarah Sorrentino. Uh, everything else is secret, and you can't follow me there. Okay? Cool. Or And go follow Film Cred. Film Cred. Yes. We're doing cool things. Yeah, definitely follow Film Cred. And also become a patron like myself of Film Cred and become a part, especially the Discord. We're all just handing back and forth the same $5. <laughs> that's pretty much... <laughs> that's exactly what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a giant money pit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but sorry. <laughs> no, 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 that's 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 completely valid. That's actually 100% true. You're speaking the truth. Um and to follow our rinky dink operation, uh you can find us uh, at @dedbpod like I mentioned Twitter, Facebook, and also uh, you can email us feedback doubleedgedoublebill at gmail.com. Uh, you can also go to the ESOT Public Store, which I'll have a link to in the bottom here, where you can buy uh, merch with our logo on it, like a coffee cup and uh, T-shirts, tote bags even, all sorts of stuff uh, over at Public. I've seen a lot of people uh, a lot of people buying the mugs and masks and everything, and I think there's a big sale going on. Uh, that, I believe, know, just I ended, I so <laughs> we'll cut that out. Uh, whoops, cut that out. It's gone. <laughs> Buy all the regularly priced merchandise at T Public. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, you can also find me doing my own individual stuff on Twitter and Instagram and Letterboxd as at not the who's Tommy. I also do some writing at marianithomas.wordpress.com. And maybe for film cred, maybe I have a pitch that's currently in the status of being edited. Wink. I never know what pitches are being edited unless I'm the one who's the, like editing them. So when I finally saw that you had a pitch or something, I was like, oh, Thomas isn't just hanging out because he's a patron. <laughs> he's sneaking in. I see what's going on. <laughs> Stealthily sneaking in, yes. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> and I'm on... Uh... Twitter and Instagram at uh, Atom or Adam. It's A-T-O-M underscore or underscore A-D-A-M. Uh, mostly just pictures of stuff I've been painting or resharing things. That's about all you're going to get out of me. Yeah. You need to, you need also stop pitching the male birth thing for film cred. You could paint that, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, <laughs> I point to it. It's going to be fucking beautiful. I'm really excited. You guys will feel like assholes. Okay. <laughs> Live your truth. That's all we're saying. <laughs> 
And uh, for more of our truth, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and other podcasting platforms out there. If you're listening on ESO, why not dig into the uh, various other great shows on the network or uh, dig into our archives over on our Podbean feed for the full amount of uh, stuff we even did before ESO. And nothing else, you can just rate, review, or share the show around. That helps us out, gives us more visibility in the podcasting verse. Right? That's how they say it? That's how all the cool kids say it? Podcast verse, yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah, that's accurate. Yes. Before we completely end the show, it is time to do our picking for next week. And next week's topic, uh, which you patrons chose at patreon.com slash gedbpod, um, you all chose for uh, a topic that we would repeat that we hadn't done in a while. And it was between spoof films or the ultimate winner, which was Stephen King adaptations, which, Adam, we did as episode 12 of this fucking oh. show. <laughs> Jesus. That long. What the f- Fuck. Yep. At like the three month mark. Holy fucking shit. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> but I'm happy to revisit it. I'm very curious to go back because uh, um, we did what was it? It was The Running Man and um, Maximum yep. Overdrive. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which are both very interesting yeah. choices to do. Um, but we wanted to repeat it because we can reverse the good and bad quality because I have the good this time, you have the bad. And uh, we each have numbers assigned between our uh, two films. Uh, so someone who will pick a number between 1 and 10 and get us our good and bad choice. And when we have a guest like Sarah, she gets to do that. So uh, for my two good choices, Sarah, just go ahead and pick a number between 1 and 10. I'm asking my boyfriend, out of 10, which number should I pick? What do you think? Out of 10. Hurry up. You're taking 7. Okay, we're going with 7. <laughs> okay. At number 7, right on the dot. I had uh, one of my favorites and one I can't wait for us to go into. It is uh, Creep Show from 1982. Yeah! That is a fine choice. Good pick, babe. <laughs> <laughs> what was your other one? At number two, I had Misery, which I also love. Ooh, another fine choice. <laughs> yes, the Adam Seal of approval. Now, Sarah, uh, you or your boyfriend have to pick another mm-hmm. number between one and ten for adam's choices i'll pick this one i'll pick this one i'm gonna go with three all right at number one i have the fucking wild ride that is sleepwalkers oh and this is with the cat people right the incestuous cat people for incestuous cat oh people. incestuous yeah, cat partners. people yes wow yeah. it's fucking crazy it is all wow. It's something. Somebody gets with a corn, with a corn nice. cap. I've seen that yeah. movie, Children of the Corn. It's something. <laughs> right. This is Children of the Corn '57, <laughs> I believe. Yes. This is how they were created. Um, yeah. And then at number ten on the dot, I had the oft hated, but I think there's a lot of good in it. A lot of bad, but a lot of good is uh, Dreamcatcher. Dreamcatcher's fucking buck wild. That's like fifteen different it, Stephen King yeah. movies in one. <laughs> Yeah, but you got Incestuous Cat People, okay? So you're welcome. No, I'm honestly happy with either of those two bad picks. I think both of those work (laughs) perfectly (laughs) to discuss for the show. (laughs) But yeah, so that'll be a lot of fun next week. Uh, Thank you, Sarah, for uh, helping us out with that. And uh, on that note, uh, let's all go into our own little cardboard mazes and uh, just get away from Carrot Top, mainly. That's our obvious option here. Mm -hmm. Burn it down. (laughs) Burn it all down. (laughs) Good night, everybody.
This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.